Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be entirely dedicated to reviewing the Bengals-Cowboys game. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Week 14 Game Review. Dallas Cowboys 30, Cincinnati Bengals 7. Another tough game to watch. It's just not as much fun watching without Burrow in there, I'll be honest with you. We came out with a spark, and then we had the three fumbles in a row, and it just kind of killed us. We came out flat in the second half, and it was a pretty short game. I mean, the game before this was like three and a half hours long. This game was about two hours, 45 minutes. Then you had the Cowboy fans yelling Coop every time Amari Cooper made a play. I was just hating to hear that in our home stadium. So hopefully when things get back to normal and the stadium fills up, we won't be hearing those visiting fans as much anymore. Want to give congrats to Andy Dalton. You know, we still love him as Bengal fans, and he had a very good game. You know, it was good to see him smiling and happy. That was probably the only thing that I enjoyed about the game regarding the Cowboys. And I just want to say again, I love Chris Spielman and his analysis. He just He's right on. I know he's an ex-player, so he has that inside perspective, and I just really enjoy listening to him. We don't get a lot of games on Fox. All right, so some of the headlines were that we actually played some of the backup players, like Travion Williams got a bunch of carries and looked very good. Austin Seibert came in for Randy Bullock, and I hope that continues in the games to come. They start getting these backup guys some chances to see what they can do, especially like I was saying last episode, when you're playing Baltimore and Pittsburgh, that's a good measuring stick for a player. And they had Michael Jordan on the inactive list, and that might be best for him at this point. Let him just ride out the rest of the year inactive, and hopefully he can come back stronger in the seasons to come. Brandon Allen with that knee injury. Didn't like to see it. I'm hoping that he gets to play next week. Not sure of the diagnosis on him yet, but that's something to watch over the week. And Logan Wilson injured his foot. I didn't see that happen in the game, but I did read that he injured his foot. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. But from what I could tell, those were the only two major injuries for this game. All right, so let's go over some of the game flow and coaching aspects of this game. In the first couple series, the plays seemed to be scripted, and we were very successful. They were moving the ball very well, with, you know, excluding the fumbles. So I thought that was a good idea. I would have liked to have seen that creativity carry for the rest of the game. We did have a bunch of runs up the middle, which is something that I advised the week before because I saw some deficiencies in the Cowboys' linebacking core, and we tried to take advantage of that with some good push with our interior line and having Geo and P. Ryan and Travion just go up the middle. So that was a good idea by the coaching staff. We didn't let up points right before the half, so that was nice to break that trend. And we actually scored right before the half, which put us right back in the game. So it was 20-7, to we go into the second half, and I'm just thinking a touchdown, a stop, a touchdown, and there's a win for us. Unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. So then the second half comes, we let up the 60-yard kickoff return on the first play, which was totally deflating. And you can attribute that to Brandon Wilson and Sean Williams being out because those guys are very good on kick coverage. We had some backups in there, and it actually came back to haunt us in this game. After the big return, they drove all the way downfield. The defense did have a stop inside the 10, but then they got the field goal, and we were pretty flat in the second half after that happened. So now let's move on to our first drive of the second half, which is just as important as anything because it shows that you made the adjustments, and it's going to set the tone for the second half of the game. Wasn't really happy with the play calling there. It it seemed to be the Gio Bernard drive, which I don't mind, but I think it lacked a little bit as far as creativity and scheme. So what they did is first play was Bernard for three yards. Second play was Bernard for three yards. Then they had the holding call on Bobby Hart. 
Then we're on second and 17, and we do a five-yard pass, and a, like a dump-off to Bernard. And I don't know, that's not going to get you there. Maybe a screen might have been a little more beneficial, but I would have liked to have seen them try to get the ball downfield. They were getting decent protection for Allen at that point. So I think on a second and 17, we could have taken a shot to the wide receivers. Then third and 12 comes, and it's just another dump-off to Bernard in the flat. Boom, there's your first drive of the second half. Ends pretty quickly. You can basically call that a three and out. And we actually had to take a timeout in the middle of it. It was a really unsuccessful first drive, and that set the tone for the rest of the half. Then on the second drive of the second half, we did another dump-off to Geo in the flat, and it didn't get us the first down. It was kind of predictable you know, another another part of our offense that wasn't working in this game. So we had two unsuccessful drives in a row, and I think a lot of that was due to not really trying to go downfield to the wide receivers. So then we go into the fourth quarter, and we have that crucial drive, which could have put us back in the game. We end up in a second and 12. We do a running play. I'm not sure that I agree with that call. On third down, we had a short incompletion to the tight end. And then the fourth down play was the play where Brandon Allen kind of just threw it out of the end zone and didn't give anyone a chance to score on that one. So we have to figure out a way after halftime to try to score more points and be more successful. I saw the stat in the third quarter of the season, we're averaging less than three points a game. So that comes down to halftime adjustments and going into the game with a plan for the second half. Just like we script the beginning couple series, maybe script that beginning of the third quarter series and have a couple variations. You know, if, if they're doing X, we're going to go with this script. If the defense for the other team is successful with Y, then we're going to go with this script. These coaching staffs put a lot of time into these game plans, and I'm assuming that they do some of the things that I just mentioned there, but I just don't like to see us be this flat in the second half, so I'm just trying to throw out some ideas to improve that. You know, just giving my suggestions, hopefully Coach Taylor's listening. So in addition to those first two drives of the second half, there were a couple other coaching decisions that I kind of disagreed with in this game. I didn't agree with benching Gio after the fumble. You know, he's got 800-plus carries without a fumble, He made one mistake, and it was on a guy who came up from behind. It wasn't him being sloppy with the ball. And I know they wanted to get in Travion Williams and P. Ryan later in the game, but it just felt like they punished Gio and pulled him out for the half. And that's that's a little embarrassing for a player, especially a veteran player who's made very few mistakes over his career. And that's a demotivator. You know, I know the tough coaching, the tough love is, hey, you make a mistake, you're coming out of the game. But in this case, I think you make an exception for Gio. You know, you, you give him the benefit of the doubt. So I think that was truly a bad move on the coaching staff's part. And then they had a really short fuse with Adenogy. They're saying that he missed his pulling assignment on that one block. I did see him pull and go into the hole. I don't know what the coaching staff saw. I don't know if he had done a few things before that that they didn't like. You know, they didn't have that quick of a hook with Michael Jordan when he made some major mistakes. I just don't understand why they did that with Adenogy. And then we left a limping Brandon Allen in the game. You have to protect your quarterback at this point. I know we were desperate. We wanted to score. We wanted to try to win the game. I'm happy that the coaching staff thinks that way. But when you see a player limping that badly, take him off the field for a play or two and find out what's going on. Don't just let him wave you off from the sideline when you see he can't put any weight on that. So that's putting a player's health and potential career in jeopardy. And we need this guy. We need Brandon Allen for the final three games. He's the best quarterback on the roster. So that was another move that I, I would have said, hey, let the medical staff take, take a quick look at him before you just leave him in there. And then the only other coaching thing that I disagreed with is on Coach McCarthy for the Cowboys. 
not cool to go for a touchdown with one minute left. You know, you had the game wrapped up. You're up 23-7, to so we needed 16 points in that final minute. A field goal would have done just fine. That would have went up by 19 points. The game would have been out of reach, you know, even under crazy circumstances. So I didn't really think that was a cool move by Coach McCarthy in this situation. Just go for the field goal. Be a pro. You know, show the same mercy that you would want to have when the Bengals are going to blow you out in a few years. All right, so let's move on to the offense. A.J. Green had a great game, a ton of great catches. It felt good to see A.J. back to normal. He scored the touchdown. That's always a highlight for us Bengal fans. And you can tell Brandon Allen made a point to look for him. He was looking for him a lot. Even when A.J. Green wasn't open, he was looking for him. So you know what? I'll take it. I want to see the ball in that guy's hands. A lot of the catches were contested. That's one of the things this year that I was a little concerned about with A.J. is creating separation. But either way, a breakout game for A.J. Let's continue it on for three more weeks. T. Higgins continues to impress. It's that route running. He's got great speed, great size, and he's running really, really good routes for a rookie. And he had that one key fourth down catch, which shows that he he has the poise to perform in clutch situations. So just really excited to see his career blossom and for years to come with Joe Burrow hitting him all over the field. And Tyler Boyd, another solid game, some really big plays. They did that jet sweep to him a couple times, and I didn't even know he had the ball on the first two. Very good play fakes there, very successful plays. I think in total they did three jet sweeps. They were all successful. I just want them to watch that down the road. You know, in a playoff season and when the games really matter, yeah, throw that in there. But when this season's kind of getting away from us, I don't want to see them take the chance on his health because it's tough. When you run those jet sweeps, you're getting hit by defensive ends and linebackers or even a defensive tackle that that has the mobility to get over there or if you cut back, you know, things like that. Brandon Allen's getting better with every game. He had a 99 quarterback rating in this game, so that's his highest of his career. You know, the more playing time he gets, the better he looks. Travion Williams showed some really good explosiveness. Fresh legs, I guess, for the second half of the season. But he looks like a player that can play in this league, so it's exciting to have him on the roster and throw him into the rotation. Samaj P. Ryan running hard, as always. He had that one great touchdown that was unfortunately called back for a holding penalty, and his blocking has been good. As I said, the way he runs, he just goes full speed into the pack. No matter if there's a brick wall in his way, no matter what's in his way, who's in his way, he's just going forward at full speed, and you like to see that out of a power running back. The offensive line had a decent game. Xavier Suafilo was a very welcome addition. I actually tweeted out during the game that he was making a difference, and he really was in the running game in that first half. He was getting a lot of push, and Quentin Spain continues to impress in the running game. So you have the two of them in there really blocking and getting a nice push up the middle, and Hopkins had a good game too in the run game. So all three of the interior linemen did very well, and it was helping us. All right, on to the bad, the three fumbles. What are you going to say? You know, Gio, he got bounced out of the pack. He took a step back like he always does. You normally see him shoot to a different hole and get a big gain on this. In this case, the defensive end just didn't quit on the play, and he came back to make a really big play on it. Second one to Travion Williams. You know what? It's going to be a learning experience for him. He's going to get a chance to see the tape. He's going to see that he got benched after this happened, and when he's in a scrum like that in the future, he's going to hold the ball a little bit tighter. You know, it hurt in this game, but this game was kind of meaningless. And these are the lessons that you learn as you work your way up through the NFL. And like I said, I think he's going to be a good player. Third one, Alex Erickson. He had the first down there. I mean, that would have been a drive that we scored a touchdown on. The defender made a great play. Put his helmet right on the ball. The ball comes popping loose. Feel bad for Alex Erickson. That's two fumbles this season. 
and I know the fan base is going to get on him for it, but I still support you, Alex. I still think you're a great player, and I still think that you have a future with this team and in the league. Fred Johnson struggled again in this game, unfortunately. You know, he came in for Adenogy early in the game. He wasn't getting a lot of push in this run blocking. Matt Minich posted something on Twitter where he got totally bull rushed. He let up a really vicious hit that Brandon Allen took late in the game. So not his best showing, and I'd like to see, you know, hopefully from year two to year three, he improves as a player, he uses this as a learning experience, he watches film, he gets a little bit stronger, works on his technique a little more, because unfortunately he has struggled in his appearances this year, and we had a lot of high hopes for him. And Xavier Suofilo and Quentin Spain played great in the running game, and pretty much great in the passing game, but late in the game, Suofilo let up those two sacks on the Ryan Finley drive. Again, one, he was blocking his guy and didn't catch another guy coming in. On the other one, he just got flat-out beat. That could be a conditioning thing. After not playing all year, you're in the fourth quarter of a game. You know, that that could have been one of the reasons why he he gave up two sacks late. And Quentin Spain, he had that holding call on the Pirine touchdown. He didn't really have to hold the guy. You know, he could have just gotten the way or maybe even let the guy go. I think Pirine would have been in the end zone either way. But the way that Spain's been playing since he came to this team, I have no complaints about him. Everyone makes a mistake on a play here and there. And then the Ryan Finley drive was disastrous, unfortunately. Two sacks. He threw that one ball. When it left his hands, I was like, wow, that's a really nice throw down the middle of the field. And then I saw throwing into triple coverage almost got intercepted. So unfortunately, I don't think Ryan Finley's ready to start any games for us. I'm hoping that Brandon Allen plays the next couple games. All right, so let's move on to the defense. The good in this game was we only let up two touchdowns defensively. And this is coming off a couple-game stretch where we only let up one touchdown defensively. So the defense is still keeping us in these games. They were able to contain Ezekiel Elliott. You know, if he gets going, it's going to be trouble playing the Cowboys. I know he was a little bit banged up going into the game, but the defense did a very good job on him. Jesse Bates continues to impress. Again, going to the Pro Bowl. He nailed Dalton on that one play and forced the intentional grounding. That's a big play. You get a hit on their quarterback. You get the 10-yard penalty and loss of down because of the grounding. So that you know that's a game-changing kind of play that he made there. And speaking of game-changing plays, he read that one play very well, and he almost had the interception. As they said on TV, he almost read it too well and kind of overran it. And he's had a couple of those this year, dropped interceptions, and I read that he was really upset with himself at it. Jesse, don't be upset with yourself. You're playing so good this year. You're going to need things to improve upon for the next year, right? If you're, if you're playing at this high of a level, the things that you need to correct moving forward get smaller and smaller and fewer and fewer. So, you know, that's something you work on in the offseason. Get on the jugs machine, have them pump that ball to you at a, at a ton of miles per hour, and just work on your interception abilities. And Jesse Bates very active in the run game as well. So lights out in all aspects of the game, playing center field, potentially getting turnovers, hitting the quarterback, playing the run. Just keep it up, man. Sam Hubbard played the run well again, so that's nice to see. And he had that early sack, so another good game out of Sam. Jermaine Pratt was a little quiet this game, but I saw in a couple plays he had some really good sideline-to-sideline range. So that's a trait and a skill that is just going to carry through for the future. And he's a young player, you know, second-year player. You get into year three, four, five, you stay healthy, show that kind of range. You're going to make a big impact. Nice to see Jordan Evans get a sack in limited duty. He's a very fast linebacker, so it makes sense. You know, if he gets an open shot at the quarterback, the quarterback is not going to get away from a guy that quick. 
and the interior linemen all made plays at different times in the game. You almost give everyone like maybe one to two good plays. Xavier Williams made a big stop. Covington made a nice play. Daniels continues to play well. Marcus Hunt had a couple nice plays. Khalil McKenzie had a nice play. So it was good to see all those guys step up in limited snaps and make plays. I just don't know what's going on with Geno Atkins. Is he still hurt with the shoulder injury? Is it age-related? Is it something that the coaching staff doesn't like about his game? It's just so confusing to see him not be in there more and be more active. So on to the bad things defensively. It was really the main thing was that second drive of the game that we let them go 88 yards downfield to score. But again, teams really script out those first couple drives. So, you know, that could have been the case. The Cowboys might have just had a really good game plan because they didn't march down the field like that the rest of the game. But that was a killer drive early in the game like that, especially when you have them at their own 12-yard line. You expect that to be a punt eventually and get good field position out of it. Unfortunately, it didn't go this way. LaShawn Sims is still having his issues in coverage. He let up the Amari Cooper touchdown. You know, this is another young player the coaching staff likes. He plays hard. He plays tough. He hasn't had a lot of experience being a number two corner on a team. So in a down season like this where there's really nothing to lose, it's not a bad idea that he gets the snaps and, you know, gets more up to speed. Like I said, we might need him to be a number five, number six corner for next year. And there were several play-action plays that resulted in positive plays for them. So that's something the defense is going to watch film. They're going to clean that up. And they face the guy who's very, very good at it. Josh Bynes had kind of an up-and-down game. He missed a tackle on CeeDee Lamb at a key moment. When Ezekiel Elliott had that big run, he, he got pushed out of the hole, so you don't like to see that out of a tough middle linebacker such as himself. But then the next play, he made a great play. So as I said, it was an up-and-down game for him. He's still definitely more of a positive for this defense than a negative. All right, so on to the special teams. Kevin Huber was solid again. Clark Harris was perfect again. Mike Thomas is showing that he should be a starting gunner on this team. He's just down there on every punt return, ready to mix it up, has a lot of speed, a lot of toughness, very, very impressed with what he's doing at that gunner position. And then on their special team, Zerline, who had a really bad game the game before, of course he got on track against us, unfortunately, and he hit that 55-yarder, and that kind of put the game out of reach. So that's it for this game. If you want to put a positive slant on it, If we would have lost to the Cowboys, we would have now had the fourth pick. They would have had the third pick. They need offensive linemen. We need offensive linemen. They probably would have gotten Sewell instead of us. So that's the one big thing about this. A minor loss in a down season, but now we're going to hopefully get that player that's going to really carry us with Joe Burrow for the future. And having that third pick, you're going to get a great first-round pick, and you're going to get a big second-round pick. So if we can hit on those two picks like we hit on Burrow and Higgins next year, now you have four special players on your team in addition to the other stars like your Boyds and your Bates, etc., etc. And it's Steeler Week. We have a Monday night game. That's always exciting. I don't care where you are in the season, what your record is. It's a divisional game. We get a chance to do some damage to the Steelers this week, so I'm looking forward to that. And there's three more games left to enjoy. As I said, there's going to be no more Bengal football for months and months after this. So let's enjoy Pittsburgh, let's enjoy the Houston game, and then we have a chance to really make a dent into Baltimore, too. So two divisional games, you gotta love it. And we're gonna get a chance to watch some of these younger players perform, some of the draft picks, maybe some of the practice squad guys, guys that you don't see in there a lot, and it'll give us a chance to see if they belong on this team and belong in the NFL. So there's a lot of positives that can come out of these last three games. So again, hang in there, Bengals fans. Things are going to get better.
That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be a preview of the Monday night game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tom McLevy's going to stop in for another McLevy minute, and Sands is going to come by with his expert football analysis. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you should check out. And I'd also like to thank the ZDA Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast. You can find them at ZDA Network on Instagram or Twitter, and ZDA is just like the word media, only with a Z. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.